I'm David Gerlach, and this is Blank on Blank, distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. Here's a question you probably heard about uh, six million times. Where did you first pick up the name Satchmo? You know, all the musicians in my days had nicknames. My name was Satchel Mouth, <laughs> like a doctor's satchel. When I went to England, this fellow was strictly English, and uh, he was the editor of the newspaper there. He shook my hand as I got off the train. He said, uh, hello, Satchmo. So right away, my trauma player said, mm, the man think you have more mouth than Satchel Mouth. <laughs> so I was stuck with it, and it turned out all right. That's Louis Armstrong, Satchmo, after a show outside Chicago. The interviewers, two teenagers. I'm James R. Stein. I'm Michael Eisner. I was 14 and a half. And I was 15 years old, and James and I went off to interview Louis Armstrong for our high school radio station, WNTH, from Nutria High School in Winnetka, Illinois. When the shark bites with his teeth, To set the stage, it was June 24th, 1964. We're at Ravinia. It's an outdoor concert. The place is sold out. We get to go backstage, so we're watching his concert. Take it, Satch. I remember it was a hot summer night, but uh, for some reason, he was speaking to us uh, in his underwear. Definitely was in his underwear. I remember the tank top, and I also remember... I wasn't sure if it was jockey or boxer. Um, it was boxers. 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 Louis Armstrong wore boxers. He was literally fending off the Chicago Sun-Times and the Daily News, WGN, I remember that. And he would just say out the doors, excuse me, but I'm in an interview. And he gave us an outrageous amount of time, 20 minutes, sat there with a couple of kids. Mr. Armstrong, I'll begin the questioning by asking you just when, where, and how did you begin your show business career? As a youngster in the little orphanage home in New Orleans, uh, I was the bugler of the institution. And when I got to be around 13 or 14 years old, they took me off the bugle and put me in the little brass band. Finally, they made me the leader of the little band on the cornet. So we got so good that we could play the Saints go marching in for the boys to march to church every Sunday. <laughs> Who would you say was essentially responsible for launching your professional career? Well, I'd say myself because uh, I was determined. I had a chance to play with the best of musicians coming through because I was pretty good myself, or else they wouldn't have tolerated with me, you know? You got to be good or bad is the devil. <laughs> you can't take it for granted. Even if we have uh, two, three days off, I still had to blow that horn a few hours to keep up the chops. I mean, I've been playing 50 years, and that's what I've been doing in order to keep in that groove there. Still got to practice. I got to warm up every day, at least an hour, you know? You either have it or you don't. Uh, you play your horn just like you sing a song or a hymn. Uh, if it's in your heart, you express yourself in the, in the tune. 
been playing music so long. What else there's to do? What can you prove at 64? I mean, I've always trying to create to what? You know? So the best I can do is stay happy. We hope you stay happy for a very, very long time. Thank you very much, Mr. Armstrong. Okay, daddy. Pleasure interviewing yeah. Now we've transformed Louis Armstrong and his teenage interviewers into an animated short for our series with PBS Digital Studios. You can watch it on YouTube and at blankonblank.org. I do want to thank Michael Eisner and James R. Stein for holding on to this tape all these years. What an experience they had. Here they are with some final thoughts on the interview. I want to wring my neck back then because, you know, I wasn't involved in a conversation with the man. I was asking him questions, and sometimes I wasn't even listening to his answers. I wish that, uh, you know, I could have done some following up like I might do now and and actually engage him in a conversation, but because we were so nervous, I think uh, you kind of stick to the script. But I linger on, dear, still craving your kiss. These little prepubescent sounding kids and this guy with this gravelly, incredible voice, but he gave us time and respected us. James and Michael actually interviewed a number of icons for their high school radio station. You should hear the one uh, with Muhammad Ali. Check it out on our website. Support for this podcast comes from Tiny Letter, email for people with something to say. It's a simple way to send an email newsletter from the people behind MailChimp, tinyletter.com. Amy Drozdowska produced this episode with me. We tweet at blank on blank, like our Facebook page to keep tabs on all the cool things we're finding in the archives, near and far. And if you have an interview you want to bring back to life, drop us a line to interviews at blankonblank.org. All right, that's it for now. I'm David Gerlach. Keep listening. Whatever they be, dream a little dream of.